Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You are Locked On Mets. Your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Latest reports are that Jose Quintana will be out for up to at least three months, which means the Mets are going to have to figure out some answers the back end of that rotation in the first segment. I'm going to discuss the injury to Quintana a little bit more and also go into the competition that has taken place in camp once again between Tyler McGill and David Peterson, why the Mets might be leaning more towards McGill than Peterson. We'll get through that in the first segment. Second segment, I want to talk about how Peterson could be a better fit in the bullpen than a McGill would, so maybe that is where the Mets are thinking here. Then we'll close out the show in the final segment with a little bit of a preview for Carlos Carrasco, how we might be forgetting about how important he is to this rotation this year. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of being an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? then this is definitely the game for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseball.com or look it up on app stores. Our listeners get an 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. Let's talk about some GM decisions the Mets have to make right now as Jose Quintana is out for a very long time. The Mets are not going to have their left-handed starter, as he is dealing with that stretch fracture in his ribs. They are saying that it might take three months of rest before he can start a throwing program, before he can get ready to go, and that could mean the all-star break, and at times, injuries like this, where that's the initial timetable, suddenly there's a setback. And, oh, as he tried to get back, there's a forearm issue, and look, I'm not saying that Quintana's done for the season because there's every chance that he's back in the second half and is playing a big role. But when you have a guy who's going to be out for months, you're almost just out of sight, out of mind on him. And that leads to opportunities for other guys. And we assumed, and at least by we, I'm meaning myself and others, that David Peterson was going to grab that last spot in the rotation. Adds another lefty into the mix, a guy that really earned it with the way he pitched last year. But some reports, according to Mike Poo in the New York Post, says that might not actually be the case because 
They're saying Tyler McGill is a guy that intrigues the Mets, and they point towards his stats in April last year where he pitched to the sub-2 ERA and looked like a Jacob deGrom out there replacing an injured Jacob deGrom. He was unbelievable. Maybe they think that he's that guy, and that's more dynamic, more uh, you know, of a weapon than a guy like David Peterson. Then again, I'll point to the fact that Peterson strikes out more batters than McGill and wonder if that's actually the case. But it is interesting to see some form of a vote of confidence heading towards McGill's way. He had a really nice outing today in spring. My dad was actually in attendance, told me McGill looked great. Look at the stats from the game. Four innings pitch, three hits allowed, walked one, struck out three. That cut his ERA to 1.08 in camp. He allowed one earned run in his first appearance, and his last two has gone six and a third without allowing a run. So you say, wow, Tyler McGill looking great out there in spring. David Peterson hasn't given up a run yet, though. That That's the thing that confuses me about why there might be more of a vote of confidence going McGill's way. He has had less work, okay, four innings. He had two starts, uh, or two games pitched, I should say. One was a start, one was a relief appearance. Uh, but he has not a lot of hit in those four innings. So I don't think that Peterson has done anything to cost himself this job. McGill has gotten in front of the Mets brass a little bit more. McGill might be a little more stretched out at this stage of the game, and that could be important for the Mets. It is a curious thing, though, to see the Mets potentially looking at McGill over Peterson when Peterson is the guy that was healthy last year and I think really showed you an ability to take this job and run with it. Whereas McGill has given you flashes, but again, I look at what he has done. His two seasons, 137 innings of big league pitching for Tyler McGill. It's a 4.73 ERA. He's had a good month each season. The month of July in 2021, he was awesome. The month of April in 2022, he was awesome. Do the Mets really believe that he is that guy and he could put that together for a full year? That could be where they're leaning. Maybe they really do believe in that upside play. And they think that David Peterson is simply the answer because you know he is the guy that maybe they view as having frontline stuff because he's had little pockets where he's looked like that type of a pitcher. Then again, he's sitting 92-93 in camp. When he's been at his best, the velo has been higher than that. Is he going to be able to be as effective at a lower velocity? And the reason he is throwing at a lesser velocity is, you know, Max Scherzer has been talking to him about changing speeds. He's working a curveball into his repertoire right now. And the idea that if you can hold on to some of that velo, if you can hold back a little bit and not empty the tank early, maybe he can go deeper in starts, and he's not a guy that's two times through the lineup and done, that can make it beyond 85 pitches and be strong through 100. I like both of these guys. I really do. To me, David Peterson is the better pitcher. He has shown more. He has a a season last year that is a, a bigger sample size of success than anything I have gotten the chance to see with Tyler McGill, and I do like having a left-handed starter in this rotation. But maybe it's the fact that Tyler McGill is the better, more malleable pitcher that it could ultimately be what hurts him, and maybe the Mets are looking at McGill as a guy that's not as flexible for 
the Trevor Williams-esque role. And maybe that is where they would potentially lean McGill so that Peterson could play that pivotal swingman role. And maybe because he did a little bit of that last year, they feel more confident in his ability to step into that position again in 2023. We're going to discuss that in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. This is so much fun if you're a baseball nerd like myself. I'll tell you, I was always the guy on MLB The Show, or if even I was playing Madden or you know NBA 2K, whatever it is. I'm always the guy that likes building my team just as much as playing as my team. I've always dreamed about becoming an MLB GM one day. If you're like me and you always wanted to manage a professional baseball franchise, now is your chance. That dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You're going to manage every strategic aspect of your team. You can play through the season, lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing your team's finances, scouting and drafting players, managing the difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play it on the go, take it wherever you want. This is a game that you can just pull out your phone and have a blast with. You don't even need Wi-Fi after you download. You're free to go. You, you can just play this game. If you've got a long flight, Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is there for you. Locked on mess listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On, make sure you write that in all caps in the game store. Make sure you check this out, or you can download the game by visiting probaseballgm.com and scan the code or look it up on App Stores. If you're watching on YouTube, that code is on the screen. You can scan that or, again, go to probaseballgm.com. Check out the Ultimate Baseball GM game. Start your dynasty today. Last year, David Peterson pitched to a 3.68 ERA out of the bullpen in 14 and two third innings pitch. Is there a chance the Mets are looking at Peterson and saying, as much as we love you in the rotation, we got Brooks Raley banged up, so one of your lefties is down. Maybe you look at Peterson as a guy with that slider, with the strikeouts he put up last year, that could thrive in a bullpen role where he can go up, empty the tank in two to three inning spurts and be a weapon for you. And Tyler McGill is a pitcher that you thought would play up out of the bullpen, but looked terrible in that role down the stretch last year. Well, you're just thinking either we're going to put McGill in Syracuse or we're going to put him as part of our big league rotation. Peterson's going to be a major leaguer either way. Maybe that is the mindset. And if you want both of these arms as part of your bullpen, that could potentially be where the scales could be tipped in McGill's favor. Uh, I would still personally bet on Peterson as the guy that would win this job uh, because I think he is the better pitcher. And ultimately, you should put the better pitcher in the rotation. I think Tyler McGill is a good arm. He has shown the ability to get out at the big league level and has shown the ability 
to be able to be a dominant pitcher over stretches, but he's yet to put it all together. He's yet to show me that that curveball is a real offering for him. And, you know, a guy that was always supposed to be predicated off the fastball, his slider and his changeup have been a little inconsistent early on in his big league career. So can he find that consistency in his secondaries to play on with that fastball, to work off of it and be able to have success? You know, he was talking to the reporters today about this curveball he's working in, how it gives him another pitch he can use to steal strikes. It also could allow him to work that fastball more effectively up in the zone. I think there were times last year where batters saw Tyler McGill and they knew if the pitch was kind of lower in the zone, it was slider or changeup, so they were sitting more off-speed. Anything up, they could sit fastball and try to drive it, and maybe that's the case where you know your slider or your changeup for him wasn't dropping vertically in that way, so now by having a curveball that's changing eye levels, that's making you think a little bit, where he can you know drop that curveball where it starts at the top of the zone, he buries it at the bottom of the zone, Batters might swing through it, then all of a sudden they're thinking curveball, and he can throw that heater up in the zone and get some swings and misses that way. I think McGill's a pitcher that still has to really find himself. There's more work that has to be done with him, whereas Peterson is a more finished product. But I do understand potentially the way the Mets are leaning here as it relates to Peterson being more suited to come out of the pen than McGill. And if you want to have both of them on your roster, maybe that's how you squeeze it in. And you just basically understand that whenever you have to call on Peterson, there's going to be a point in the season where you're going to need both of these guys coming out of the rotation. If I had to set the over-under on combined starts for Tyler McGill and David Peterson, I'd put it at 25. And with Quintana out this long, I'd probably take the over on that. Um, you know, and there's every chance that these guys make up some combination of the fifth starter spot for the rest of the year. And honestly, if I set the over under at 30, the more I think about it, the more I could see it happening, right? Where, you know, if Quintana doesn't come back, or even if he does, and there's other stretches in the first half where you're getting starts where both of them are taking turns in the rotation, I mean, you could see whoever doesn't make it in that rotation get up to 10 starts, and whoever does could solidify a spot in that rotation and make 25. All of a sudden, you're getting a ton of starts from those two guys. So I think regardless of the decision the Mets make here, we're going to see a lot of both of these pitchers that are going to be a big part of this team. It's just trying to understand how much of a role they're going to play and who's going to get that opportunity first. It was interesting, though, to to read Mike Puma's report in there. The Mets are intrigued by McGill. I don't know if that is uh, just kind of a cop-out report where you know the Mets are intrigued by both Peterson and McGill because it's their own pitchers that they think highly of, which would not necessarily be pointing towards uh, McGill over a Peterson. The way it was written in that story, though, it does make it seem like the Mets were potentially favoring McGill over Peterson. And if that's the case, I think that Peterson would still be part of that bullpen where, again, I think if the job goes to Peterson, McGill is probably going to end up in AAA. So it's uh, some tough decisions the Mets have to make. Both these guys have thrown the ball well so far. They got you know what two more full weeks, a little bit beyond that, uh, to get ready before the first series against the Marlins, which 
begins on, was it March 30th? I believe, yeah, Thursday, March 30th. So you're looking at what? If you're listening to this on Tuesday, you got you know, two weeks and, you know, what, 16 days, something like that, uh, until opening day. So you got to make these decisions sooner rather than later, and I'll be fascinated to see where the Mets ultimately decide to go. With all that said, there's another pitcher in camp who hasn't gotten talked about at all, really, guy that's guaranteed a spot in the rotation, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, we're going to discuss him in just a minute, set some expectations for a season. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point in the NBA season has passed. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, ahead of the NBA playoffs because new customers will get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything, from the money line to the spread to point scores to three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. I have my eyes on MLB Futures right now as well, where you can find Brett Beatty and Kodai Senga for the Rookie of the Year. Francisco Alvarez is on that as well. MVP voting, Lindor, Alonso, names to watch, Cy Young, Verlander, Scherzer, all of that good stuff can be found over at FanDuel. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. And bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. At times, we can forget about Carlos Carrasco being part of this rotation because he's just not the biggest name here. He kind of fits somewhere in the middle where you have the top of the rotation with Verlander and Scherzer and now Senga that are grabbing most of the headlines. And the back of the rotation is where there's the competition. Carrasco has a spot here but doesn't get talked about much. Looking at what he did last year, again, 152 innings pitched over 29 starts. 397 ERA. You look at his expected fielding independent pitching, it's at 3.45. That is the XFIP on him. His FIP, his fielding independent pitching, is 3.53. So that's telling you he's maybe a little bit misfortunate with potentially some of the home runs he gave up. Uh, it's also potentially some defense that came back to haunt him a little bit. His left on base percentage was 74.7% last year. Uh, you look at his best seasons, it's you know, a little bit better than that. So I, I don't know if maybe some runners he should be stranding ended up coming across last year, whether it was due to errors or whether it was just you know some bad luck on his part where some soft hit balls were snaking through, and that ultimately led to that discrepancy between his ERA and his expected fielding independent pitching or his fielding independent pitching. But what he does for you he doesn't walk a lot of batters. You know, 2.43 walks per nine last season, 2.36 for his career. He usually keeps the ball in the yard. Last year, 1.01 home runs per nine. So if you're giving up a home run every nine innings, that's not bad. He actually struck out nine batters per nine last year. So this is a durable, consistent starting pitcher. I know he ran into injuries in 2021. You can't blame what happened to him in 2019 because against him as far as not getting on the mound because that was due to cancer. Uh, you know, he has found a way 
throughout his career to be a dependable starting pitcher, though, and you look at the guy that he was you know, prior to the cancer diagnosis in 2015, 30 starts, 2016, 25 starts, 2017, 32 starts, pitched in 32 games, 30 starts in 2018, 192 innings pitched. Comes out of everything that he went through in 2019 to make all 12 starts be unbelievable in that shortened season, 68 games. And then he had the really bad hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, pulled that muscle in spring. is very similar to what we just saw with Quintana uh, in his first year with the Mets back then for Carrasco this year with Quintana. He didn't get to see him, and when you did see him down the stretch, he wasn't great. Last year was a healthy uh, Carrasco season. Went 15-7. and seven. I know we don't care about records anymore, but if you watch those games, he kept the Mets in the game when he started. So I think Carlos Carrasco is a guy that – you know, he's not going to be discussed much going into the season. The conversation right now is more on, oh, what's Senga going to be? Wow, you got Verlander Scherzer. Who's going to grab that last spot? Peterson McGill. And here's Carlos Carrasco, your number four starter, who I expect this season to be taking the ball every fifth day, to be giving you five to seven innings anytime out. He's usually not going to get the hook before that fifth. And that's going to be big for you. And there's times where he's going to have it. He's going to keep that pitch count low. And with the pitch clock even, I could see Carrasco getting into a rhythm at times where he's just pitching to contact and getting his his soft fly balls and getting some grounders. And you look up and it's going to be 75 minutes into the game. And Carlos Carrasco is going to be holding on to a 3-1 to one lead. It's going to be the bottom of the seventh inning. And he's going to be sitting at 84 pitches. I'm like, wow. What Carrasco did tonight. It's good to have him. It really is. The Mets need as much depth as they can. As exciting as that competition is at the back end of the rotation with Peterson McGill, who's going to grab that spot, who's going to show up and perform more in the final few weeks here. A guy like Carrasco is just getting stretched out, getting ready. His last outing got himself up to 52 pitches, 35 of them from strikes, four innings pitched. Figure he can get himself up to, you know, maybe 65, 70 pitches the next time around, and a couple more starts in there, and he might be one of the more stretched out, ready to go arms in camp. I think it's great to have veterans like Carrasco, Verlander, Scherzer that know how to get themselves ready for a season, particularly when you have some question marks, not only with Quintana's injury, but a guy like Sanko's doing it for the first time, and young pitchers who are still trying to establish themselves. And Peterson and McGill. No matter how the Mets land that rotation, though, it is going to be great, I believe. One through five throughout a majority of this season. Anyway, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball to get yourself ready. For all of your fantasy leagues, it is drafting season. They have you covered to make sure you don't make any mistakes in your league this year. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.